Welcome to the Where's My Beer Podcast. my beer podcast we got four guys lots of beer uh necessary topics unnecessary conversation yeah (laughs) (laughs) is that right no dang it no it's backwards it's okay you know what this is a necessary topic though i think so i think nate's 10 out of 10 on getting it wrong yeah (laughs) yeah dude it's okay I don't even do this, so I can't. Yeah, I can't do it. it. I've messed yeah. it up every time that I tried. So yeah, I say where where's my beard? So I, I wanted to say welcome, <laughs> good but question. but then you know, copes. But yeah, we should we should make sure to tell everybody that that little intro there. That's copes' beautiful singing voice. Well, I don't. But he came in with the welcome, we, so I'm like, all right, can't I can't confirm. say welcome again. We can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> Nate, you can do whatever you want, buddy. Yeah. Well, per usual, let's start out. What are you guys drinking today? Well, I have the Blueprints from Birds Fly South, which is a uh, phenomenal brewery up in Greenville, South Carolina. Brings back a lot of good memories. Me and my brother used to go every Sunday prior to golf and sometimes after golf, probably when we shouldn't go. They've got a great uh, beer yoga as well. Oh, Sunday beer yoga was 40, 50 people deep. You get a ticket, 10 bucks. You get a free beer afterwards. Taco place opened up right beside it. So you get tacos after. Good, good place. Great venue. A lot of, uh, you know, family atmosphere. A lot of, uh, yeah, good times. I propose before we keep going around the circle that we do a beer grimage, maybe to like Asheville and we stop there on the way. Fuck yeah. Like a pilgrimage, Dude, but a beer grimage. Go. Beer grimage. I think we'd we have to do uh, one night in Greenville because Asheville's a little out. I think we take yeah. a trip. Go to Greenville one night, record at a brewery there, and then go to Asheville and like see if someone let us record there. We could always go to a Clemson game. I would love to. All right, so the 2024 plans. We'll start making those now. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) All right. All right. Uh, I'm drinking Cooper River Gold Nail. Well, that was my first one, Um, but she gone. And we're about to crack open. Uh, Did you willingly buy a lo-fi beer? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, the Mexican Mexican style lager. You better go get a, a lime for that. Oof. It's made for limes. Uh, let's see. Where's the lime? Oh, I see a, I see a lime I right now. I a lime up here. I see it. All right, Nate, what are you drinking? I'm uh, also drinking the Gold Nail, Cooper River Gold Nail. It's a go-to for them. Yeah, this yeah. is a good beer. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, can't go wrong with the Goldens. Uh, is that one in that uh, Tropical IPA is so good from them? God, I love that Tropical IPA. Yeah. We I would s- go there and drink only that beer. Yeah, <laughs> and play ping pong for yeah. hours. I still want to make one of those uh, drinks... Oh, what's it called? It comes out of the little little thing. We did it at your birthday. A porone. A porone, is yeah. that what it's called? Yeah. The porone. It that had, was with it the, had uh, the gold nail. No, it was it was the um at Emmons Ospear, I thought. It was a gold nail though. Yeah. It was like a yeah. I noted white, it down. Yeah. And then they had and um it, grenadine, grenadine yeah. and some other stuff in it. It was so good. Like there was a uh rosemary one. lemonade in there yeah. too. I have a porone at home. So Oh cool. Yeah. That'd be fun. My sister may or may not have yanked it from a brewery. I actually so. bought grenadine after that, and then I still haven't done anything with it. <laughs> it's been sitting there for a year. It's like the sugariest of sugars. <laughs> All right, uh-huh. So when we get a Nate tomorrow morning, we're going to bring it. Yeah, yeah, we'll bring <laughs> it over. Make him just do it right before he <laughs> like, yeah. goes to the airport. <laughs> Goodbye, yes. mess. Goodbye, net. What a message to, to Nate. start the trip. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've got the Wicked Throat Charmer from uh, Two Blokes. It's it'll tickle your love throat. That can. Yeah. It's a yeah, cool no, looking I think can. They have probably my favorite artwork in all of Charleston. 
Yeah. yeah. They got some pretty it's cool. All their Bob Ross stuff, too. God, oh, dude. I love it. And whoever oh. keeps stealing their fucking Bob Ross sign, stop that shit. Yeah, dude. They're, so in their bathroom, uh, the men's bathroom, there's a painting of Bob Ross, but he's fucking yoked. yoked. Oh, really? <laughs> Six-pack dude looking like a bodybuilder. Shirtless off, just yeah. like painting. Like, yeah, I love and it. And people keep trying to steal it. Well, people do keep and stealing it. And they literally like, screw it into the wall. Yeah, Wait, I believe. Believe. they keep stealing it. They buy a new one. Yeah, and people keep stealing it off the wall. <laughs> but so I, f- I really want to tell them, just like, you guys should just put that on like a little poster with a sleeve in there. Yeah. And then just say like, tip us $1 at the bar. And there you go. Great. Problem solved. Or start or selling them. auction that bitch off. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I would bid for it. I would love to have I'll, that painting I'd, in our I'd bathroom. Put a Isn't there a Bob in? Ross movie coming out? Maybe. Maybe. Pretty sure there is. All right. I'm going to be Jamie Could, and Google Who's the one dude quick. that... Uh, I think it's... I want to say Will Ferrell. Could be that wrong. actually dude, be really Actually, good. that makes sense. Yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. I could be wrong though. Uh, I guess Daniel Radcliffe just played... Uh, Weird Al, Weird Al, and I was like, he could probably do that as well because, like, he's got that weird Bob Rossi like hair, and well, I haven't seen that. Yeah, I haven't either, that. but it looks. I okay. can see somebody like totally out of left field, like a Jake Gyllenhaal pulling that off. Like that would, you would just, never expect. And he'd be ripped, Bob Ross. Yeah, <laughs> am I wrong? Is there not? A, is there not a Bob Ross movie? I think it might be uh, Paint. It's called Paint. Yeah, Owen Wilson. Oh, it's Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson. Yeah. That's right. I don't know when it's coming out. Oh, is that Bob he's Ross not though? Playing Bob Ross, he's playing like a, a guy who is like, kind of like who Bob Ross. Oh, based but off it, of, but it's basically Bob yeah. Ross, right? Yeah, they probably yeah. couldn't get the rights to actually. I see. Yeah. I mean, look at this fucking picture. Yeah, right. Yeah. Carl Nargle. <laughs> Carl Nargle <laughs> encourages That's... his viewers to embrace their artistic talents and paint nature scenes, even if they really have no talent for the medium. Yeah, That's the That's line. So okay. Um, yeah. So, uh, Bob Ross, I was sitting in the dentist about three months ago and they had it up on the TV the whole time I was there and I didn't want to leave. So it's fantastic. Shout out to Bob Ross. I really should start putting on Bob Ross for Cosmo whenever we leave. Yeah, that's a good one. Maybe stop being like such a dick. (laughs) You should throw on for the dog. Next thing you know, your dog has glasses on. You should be Bob Ross for Halloween and make him your like pastel thing. I think he's going to be an astronaut. So he's the cosmonaut. cosmonaut. It's too late. Emma wants to be Bob Ross and I'll just have a white t-shirt on. She wants to paint me for Halloween. Oh, I'll paint you. (laughs) Can we have a space race for Halloween? Space race? I think me and Paul be space themed. Baywatch. So that sounds fun every time dude god i hate your <laughs> outfit so much <laughs> but thank you for hosting us at your Tom's house <laughs> what, what did you hate about our outfits last time the top gun oh well he had been wanting to do that oh, okay this art well then well, he you looks know what? like maverick it didn't turn out great what's so. wrong with top gun it's true what is he supposed to do jackson it's halloween anything else in the movie that's fucking popular at the time <laughs> like the bitches that are going to do what? barbie at this oh, house, yeah. so many Barbies this year. Up. And I didn't mean, I mean bitches yeah. in that. You meant dogs, so people are going to dress their dogs up. I get it. <laughs> Wait, we were... Hold on. No, no, no. We were uh, Maverick <laughs> Two a, years year, ago. a year before that, maybe. It was. It was no, we yeah, were, it was. We it, was, it, was it was a fall before. Oh, okay. well, so, so it was like I not that far out. No. It's probably still in the talks that it was coming out, though. Dude, I think it was in the movie theaters. I think it's fun. Cope, you do it. <laughs> Thank you for it. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Nate is the person who's like, you should do it. Then he's just not going to show up to the party anyway. So, <laughs> dude, I showed up. I was Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump was great. <laughs> yeah. Wait, weren't you Forrest Gump to the uh, no uh, polar plunge? I used the same outfit. You were liver cane. I just had the beard uh, and the uh, the jorts. And yeah, that was great. came out with his shirt yeah. off. Yeah. Less steroids, yeah. so. <laughs> You didn't really try very yeah, hard. Yeah, less. Definitely Slightly. still some, but not as quite as much. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're going to take a quick beer break and get on to a better topic. Go. 
We're back. <laughs> Nailed it. Oh, we got a couple beers. Nothing new, really, to talk about here. But Nate has pretty much perfected today's conversation. And he's going to be the leader of today's conversation. So I'm very excited for this. Nate. Wow, you just set the bar really hard. Brain, give, yeah, hard? give us the rundown. The bar yeah. really high. <laughs> give us the rundown. Or just let us know what we're talking about. What are we talking about? Yeah, well, um, I kind of mentioned it after last week's podcast that I felt like um, we ought to have maybe a little more serious conversation on uh, being a man. Uh, this is a, we had a conversation on this at one point when we like started off doing this podcast thing um, during one of our unreleased episodes. Uh, I, I mean, we did a few, we had a few good conversations, not necessarily on being men, but more serious conversations. And I just thought, uh, those were really good. That was really good stuff. They needed to be released to the, the public. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. or yeah, at least go back. Recovered. To, yeah. Recovered for sure. I like that. Um, so yeah, I kind of, I sat down and, 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 uh, just thought about, you know, what kind of. I mean, I, I went through, I kind of made up all these little talking points and um, I just figured I'd start throwing them at you guys and we can start the conversation on what it means to be a man. Define being a man beyond the biology of it. What does it mean mm -hmm. to you guys? Are we going to treat this like a, like a card game? Left of the dealer goes first or... <laughs> just kidding. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I feel like instead of asking us, like, I think... Nice. Well done. That was close. How do you define being a man? Then we, we'll go off of that. Okay. Because sure, like, sure. then we can kind of rift off of what you yeah. kind of start up. Um, so, yeah. I, I think that to me it's more than – I mean, when I say – like, it, it, there's something different about like, oh, he's the man. Or that's a man right there. Like, there's something special about it. Like, I want to grow up and be a man. Like, that's what you're thinking about when you're a kid. Um, and I have a very – like, uh, what would you call heterosexual way of thinking about it? Because that's just who I am. At least, I'm pretty sure you guys might not think so. But <laughs> <laughs> you can be whatever you um, want to, buddy. <laughs> so, so what's your what's your thing? I would say it's uh, you got to be physically capable, uh, men mentally, emotionally stable, um, uh, resilient. And and strong in your beliefs, strong in your conviction. Mm. I think all those things kind of come together to make you a man. And when I say like believe in something, like I, I mean, that can mean a lot of different things. That can be your faith. That can be um, how you want to make the world a better place. How you want to be a better person. I just think it's important that you have something that you believe in that's driving you. Um. And on top of that, all those other things I mentioned, which I just think when I think of like m strong men in my life, I think of those, that's like, those are the things, those are the traits that seem to be a part of all that. Yeah. So I agree. That would be my definition. That's a pretty, I guess. pretty strong definition. All right. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I mean, I don't agree with anything you, or I do agree with everything you said. There's nothing that I don't agree with. Um, another one, you know, just empathy, you know, is a huge one for me. Um, I would say empathy and integrity kind of go on to the lines of what you said. They're two of the biggest things that I agree with, 
you know, being able to understand someone else's shoes and have, you know, compassion for them and understand their story and try to, you know, if, if possible, help them, um, and just, you know, be able to connect with different people, um, is huge for me. And just to be able to, you know, hold some type of, uh, standard for yourself, you know, pretty high bar. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big thing for me. I want to be able to, someone looks at me if like, you know, that, uh, million dollar question, if like you were die, what would your friends say about you? Like I would want my friends always like, at the end of the day, we all joke around, but like praise, but like that's a pretty good guy. You know, like we could count on, on him or, you know, he never did us wrong. He was always there when we needed him to be like, he took care of his family at whatever point I have a family, like things like that. Like sure. You have that, you have that standard. What do you think, Mark? It's really hard to, I don't want to, I don't know how to follow it up to be completely honest. It's um, <laughs> a lot of things like when I define a man, I don't think of it probably in any way that you guys do, because I think there's so many different people, so many different ways that someone can be a man. So Nate mentioned like he believes like in the heterosexual way that he thinks of it. But I was like, I've seen gay guys who are fucking oh, awesome. Yeah. But like, I was just saying that like you said in my heterosexual view, it was like, uh, I mean, and that, that just put maybe me heterosexual wasn't the right word to say there. I yeah. mean, I'm, I've met plenty of gay guys that are straight up men. I'm not, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, um, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, that's, not, just, that's not the best word to use okay. for yeah, that. Yeah, it was just like, it was like, that but you can take this in any direction you want to go with it. Yeah, but yeah. there's plenty of guys that don't have what we just all listed off. Right. Yeah. So it doesn't mean if they're gay, straight, or whatever they want to be. It's just like, this is what we believe to be a man at the end of the day, regardless of your sexual attractions. Right. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah. Just like, yeah. That was me just going off on a tangent. But um, it's like, I think that each person has different differing qualities like i can't i can't draw a box and say you can only be these things to be a man i think that each person's like if giving them their air quotes man card is different for every person because some of the things that i value and i qual like qualify nate might not or colin might not or you might not and so there's going to be like general things like i do think having integrity is important i do think that having like i'm not a compassionate person so jackson's definition of compassion doesn't apply to me because i'm just like well i'm not a compassionate person i am empathetic yeah but i'm not compassionate i was like look i don't feel bad for you if you have something going on that doesn't affect me i just don't care yeah and so but um yeah i just think there's a different box for everybody um my box is just like trying to be the best version of myself that i can and to me like knowing your flaws is probably like one of the biggest things to yeah. being a man like that's great owning up to your i think yeah, that's your huge. negative or Which, your weaknesses i should say like colin and i talked about the other day like one of my favorite things about nate is like i gave him so much shit about showing up late one time and know what he's done actively every time is trying to do better he might not do it every time but god damn it he's trying <laughs> at least let us know, he's trying. Trying. Yeah, yeah, like, know. he is like the most receptive <laughs> yeah. to criticism person i've ever met like I'm not receptive to criticism and Nate's just so good at it. I'm like, you know what? Wow. I'm proud of you. Thank you for saying that. One thing that I I think could be a fun way to phrase maybe the next little bit of this conversation is like, these are everything that we're describing for the most part could be applied to men and women. Yeah. We're just talking about being good people. Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I want to be careful with that because we're men and it's, see, that's, that brings me to my next question of why is it taboo to talk about being a masculine well, we'll get to that strong in a second. man? Yeah, but he, he, here, I don't want this to be generalized. I mean, <clears throat> but I mean, it's sure girls can be, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let him do this. Cause I know exactly where he's going with this. Yeah. So for instance, um, when Jackson says like to be a good man, you got to be empathetic. So you're listing off traits that men do have. 
but that a lot of people do have. And I think, I think what would be an interesting way to approach this conversation is what makes being that quote unquote, the man, or that guy is a man like, like different than look at that guy. Look at that fucking man. Um, what makes that different than anyone, anyone or anything else, boys, girls, women, guys, but like the man, the, the singularing it down to like man, because mm-hmm. you, like you said, like there is, there is a connotation associated with that, that almost surpasses some other things. Like, yes, w- like to be a good person, we've listed a lot of things, but I'm saying, I'm trying to get at like, what, what is it about somebody being a good man and not just all like the subcategories, but like that one thing. And to me, I think in my life, something that I am very, very focused on is being a, a point of refuge, both physically and emotionally for everyone around me. That is something that I don't know. And I, I would challenge this. And I, my mom and I, we talk about this quite a bit. Um, you know, there's differences between my mom and my dad. My mom is our emotional refuge. Our dad is kind of our physical and worldly refuge. So, you know, to me, I think, and obviously he's, he's a wonderful emotional refuge as well, but I think to be the man implies, uh, to, to really achieve a certain level of like grandeur in this world. I think it, it can't be self-serving. I think it's gotta be, uh, well, yeah, certainly. Yes, certainly. But I, I go back to like the stoic principles of, of like virtue and knowing that deep down you will do the right thing, the good thing, and that everyone around you could count on you to be solid as fuck. Yes. To yeah, me, but like that's that, but I want to argue that because that goes the same other way. Like women can have all of that as well. But yeah, it's, yes. it's a different level. Like I think we're bringing it to like a traditional stage almost where men are just the physical aspect sometimes and women have always been the emotional aspect, which I think it's, you know, capable of going both ways. Like women today and even previously have been the physical and emotional support. Say if they're raising three children and they don't have a husband to help them, like they have to be that physical support, you know? And this isn't, what does it mean for the world to be a man? I'm saying this is what it means for me to be a man. Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. Nate said. It's, yeah. it's his definition. Our interpretation of yeah. it. Yeah. I and mean, we are all, all different. I think we have some very uh, comparable things that we all believe, but you know, we, we all have like, we're just, we're drawing circles, right? And we're going to have <laughs> this, this overarching theme in the middle is like to be a man from what we just heard. There is you have to just not be a fucking dick. Like pretty much realistically, like you need to be a better, be a good person. And that is the basis of being a good man is to be a good person. And then you build off of that. And we're all drawing circles that have different varying definitions, but there is something in the middle and it's all been be a good person at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. We're, but again, we're, we're saying like, yes, everybody has that, but just because someone has those traits over there, you don't always say that's a good man. Like I wouldn't look at my mom and be like, that's a good man. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I'm saying, I'm trying to like, well, folk, those traits kind of like come out differently to it's, it's a, it's more, it's super nuanced. It's super gray. When you're talking about like, yeah, women can be like that too. Or, you know, a gay guy can be like that too. Of course they can. It's not, but it's, it's to each person. What matters? Right. I mean, what it comes down to is just our, what we, I mean, what we are, this is just our interpretation of it. And but, I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I want to get too caught up in the like semantics. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to yeah. separate out from the others what specifically makes it that like what like not i'm not talking about the gay guys or lesbians or women i'm just saying like what makes a man a man by your standard right by what you would consider the like the level of of a guy versus a man 
like a, a boy head. versus a man. I'm not yeah. talking about the other woke shit or yeah. anything. I'm not yeah. even trying to play like softball with it. I'm just saying, what's the difference between a boy and a man? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, a, I think to you have hit. a backbone. Stand up for your fucking self. Stand yeah. up for other people that yeah. are being bullied and fucking squat well, d- 315 pounds. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The first three are it. The last one doesn't really matter. But I'm a no, boy. I'm not squatting 315. <laughs> <laughs> I did 225 10 times the other day. I was like, I'm good. Well, I'm 10 done. times is <laughs> fucking <laughs> moving, though. Um, but no, I'd say, like, yeah, just having a fucking backbone. I really think Cope hit the nail on the head, but just by, I mean, doing the right thing. The, I mean, I think that's huge. I think that's a huge part of, um, I'm going to get my hands off the table here. <laughs> Of what I think of as as a man, I mean, yeah. a man that you somebody you can expect to do the right thing no matter what, and and there's just a level of I mean, what you said, what'd you say? You think of your dad as a, uh, I think he's a, a refuge. Like a, yeah, I mean, yeah. to me, like manliness, uh, and that's like the stability is only valuable when it's for others and not self serving. So that implies refuge to me. Yeah. So what I was going to bring up is like Nate's kind of second point here was like why does it feel taboo to talk about the positive aspects of being a masculine man right and that's like where that whole I mean, what kind Colin's of saying there. is like yeah. yeah it's like that that aspect of being a man is when it's in, when it's self-serving that is what like in i guess the buzzword now is like toxic masculinity right yes. we're like it is self-serving and you are trying to yeah. be you know that I don't know what the fuck is that dude that's in Romanian jail or whatever. You know what I'm talking about? It's like Andrew, Andrew. Yeah, that fucking yeah. guy. Yeah. Where he's like, oh, to be a man, you have to be this, this, and this. Oh, like, dude. no, you're a fucking coward. I hate Andrew yeah. Tate. And so, like, you are you're a coward that literally ran from your society to another one because your rules were different there. And so, yeah, you're not a man. Even though all the things that you think and you perceive, they're, they're all self-serving. Yeah. And if they were serving other people, you wouldn't have these opinions and those things. You wouldn't treat people the way that you do. And I don't think a a real man doesn't do things like that. He's a yeah. terrible example of, yeah. a, of a man. But I will say he has some good quotes. But that doesn't mean. Yeah, so does yeah. fucking Hitler. I mean, yeah, yeah. I just think <laughs> it's funny because I've had this argument <laughs> so with some friends Hitler. that are like really into him, and I'm like, what is top Hitler? Quotes? Why would you? I'm just kidding. I don't know. He's yeah. I've got some buddies that are really into him, and and we've had a rift come between us because I've I've spoken out, you know, to them. They've sent me things on Instagram right. or whatever. Like, yeah. dude, I fucking love when he says this. I'm like, don't send me that. I <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. want to see that. I'm glad we can all agree um, there. But why does it feel taboo to talk about being a man? I, th- I think you nailed right. it. Because of that, right? Like Be- those type of people. Yeah. I've never associated toxic masculinity with self-servingness in the past because I haven't tried to give it much thought. But I think that's what it is. To have like masculine qualities and to use them for your own advantage. Right. Which, and we can break those down. That might be, you know, a, your physical presence. Yeah. Physical presence Intimidation. at the mm-hmm. basics. Mm-hmm. Um, this like surging level of emotional and physical testosterone that, that you see in nature, right? When bull sharks are really angry dogs or wolves or predatorial creatures, when that seeps its way into like the psyche of the human male, yeah, it's fucking terrible for everybody. But if you put those and you harness them well, yes, then it can be a massive protector and a hero. And so, yeah, I mean, I think it, that conversation of masculinity because what's always bad is always louder than what's good in the public sphere. So you talk about a guy being incredibly masculine. People have had bad experiences with that, that, that nature, that intenseness. And I think it gets, uh, I think it gets, yeah, convoluted a little bit because there's not that many examples of a guy rushing in to save kids you know, from a burning fire or something like that. I was like literally that, about that. to bring that up. Holy shit. Well, yeah. You know I mean, <laughs> you gotta have, I mean, those, I mean, 
that's something that I think, and that, that brings up another point is why men are important to society. I mean, we need, we need strong, like good men. You have to have that. I mean, you need dangerous men. I mean, when shit goes, hits the fan, I mean, who's going to run into the building? Yeah. Who's going to fight off whoever? I'm not saying women can't do that. There are women that can, but more often than not, we need, I mean, that's just by nature's design. Yeah. Men are bigger, stronger, faster. And on top of that, there's certain characteristics that go into, I mean, I feel it inside me. It's like, I, I want to like help and I want to have responsibility and I want to provide. I mean, I can't, to me, it feels instinctual. And I think a lot of men feel like that. Yeah. I mean, Jordan, you know, if you want to do a case study between maybe the difference and what I would consider, at least at face value, <laughs> the difference between a good man and maybe a bad man is look at the difference between like a Jordan Peterson and the advice he gives towards discipline and morality and being kind and holding a certain, you know, <laughs> set of convictions versus like an Andrew Tate type right. of advice. Yeah. yeah, those are two um, great. Because yeah. what you're describing is, is essentially that the old, you know, John F. Kennedy, like, don't, what can your country do for you? No, fuck that. It's what can you do for your country? That's the difference. Um, I feel like uh, this toxic masculinity has become like a, a culture movement almost where they're trying to eliminate like the, the sense of men just being capable of having it. Like they're trying to say like, if you show some like trait is like just automatically like in this movement or category of like toxic mass masculinity it's just interesting when you say they who do you mean the Is government <laughs> i mean well like they, the people that don't agree with our definition of being a man the loud minority so yeah, like that's right. where like what yeah. we were kind of getting to earlier was like that there is a lot of definitions that float around and you know there's a lot of stuff that like colin was saying like a lot of times there is like a super loud minority of people and then there's the almost silent majority of the people who don't actually like speak up and don't do that. Cause like, you're not going to see me go posting on social media. Like this is what it really means to be a man. Cause it's just not, that's not me. And I don't think that's what we're, you would do. We're about to, when this releases. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> but like, yeah, but you know yeah, what I'm saying? No, so like, that's where like, I'm not taking away from someone else and what their definition of being a man is. And that's where like a lot of this cultural aspect has changed is like, it's like, Oh, well being a toxic man. Yeah. To me, that is also bad. You shouldn't do that. And I'm okay with people being mad about it, but I'm not okay with them being uh, mad about just a man being a man. Because sometimes there's there's a big well to me there's a huge difference between a toxic man and a real man. Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would or, say yeah. If I have if I had someone come up to me and say, "Oh, dude, you're you're like a manly man," like I mean, I'd I'd feel pretty fucking good. Yeah. But if they were like, "Dude, you put off some toxic." masculinity i'd be like whoa let's talk about this because right i must have done something wrong doing? like what am i doing yeah. wrong yeah <laughs> well i think that's I mean, to mike's point talking about the willingness to to be self-critical and uh i mean yeah if we think i think we look through history i mean men have done some terrible shit a lot of men have uh and and the, i the think that's with, important that we look men back with and, power <laughs> right most yeah, of them right <laughs> yeah if you look at it men with right. power oh for sure men with power but even just thinking about like how much uh you know, spousal abuse happened, you know, how common yeah. that was 20, mm. 30 years ago. Like that was like no big deal to slap your wife. Right. I don't know about 30 years ago, but probably 40, 50, but you know, that's bad. Let's not do that. So let's learn from that and stop being yeah. like that, but don't go too far in that direction and 
start getting soft. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's don't a, let a your wife a... smack you. I feel like it's a bit of a pendulum all the time. I feel like you see uh, things swing back and forth and then slowly it, we're getting better. I, I do think that we're getting better as a species in a lot of ways. Um, you know, you, you see things go horribly one direction. Uh, and, and it's, uh, I mean, you definitely see it in politics. You definitely see it um, in some some form of music or culture, mm-hmm. and attire and dressing. But with this conversation, I think what we're getting right now, the idea of toxic masculinity, I think is a response maybe to some stuff that, you know, got popular in the 80s, in the early 90s. Um, you know, you, you think of a movie, movies like American Psycho or, you know, even like Commando or, or Rocky, you know, the big blockbusters were... I mean, American Psycho wasn't, you know, during that time, but, but it, it portrays characters during that time. Um, this idea of like male bravado and, and kicking ass and wearing fancy suits and being rich as fuck and sleeping around and, you know, but the first half of that, those aren't bad things. No, like kicking ass is fucking awesome. That's a capable human being. Like, that is a capable man who's like able to provide and protect. Well, yeah, no, no. This, oh, yeah. Sorry. I'm get, so what I'm saying is that this uh, <clears throat> this front that is pushed out, like from whether it's Hollywood or books or TV. Um, like me and Brittany are watching Baywatch right now, and you can still feel it. Like th- there's this big push, like of to be a man is to do these certain things. And then I think you get guys sitting at home watching it on their couch and like, well, maybe I am like that. Maybe I'll be like that. And they're taking. They, they, maybe they don't have a good set of morals. Maybe they don't have the right set of convictions at home, but then they're seeing these guys that they're liking on screen or they're seeing how popular some of these things on screen. And they're just kind of like leaning into that a little bit. And then I think what we're, we're seeing is bad things happen. And as they always have, you know, if you believe like me that naturally we come out of the womb kind of as like animals and only through like careful refinement, do we, and like value system of family and community, do we become like, civilized and cultural i would um, I, I would say where i want to go with this is that these movies right they came in at a later stage where there's less access to uh just you know information and and seeing people across the world right in today's society we have so much access to people that we don't know and there's i feel like to, in today's world there's probably a lot more negative effect on being so overwhelmed with so many things that you see on your social media platforms that there's not enough good characters in life anymore. Right. If you watch news, if you watch anything, it's always about the negative of someone. How can we uh, cancel them? How can we like not uh, provide a good figure to want to portray your life? Like, right. There's so many things they are like, let's cancel this person because they don't believe this and this and this, you have to be only one uh, associated with one side. Like, I just feel like today's society, like these guys, these kids don't have that figure, that male figure to like really like, I guess, shadow their life. They're losing from, role yeah. models because it's easier to find negative impacts yes. in their life than it is to find positive. Yeah. That's and, exactly what I was trying to say. Yeah. And so like kind of off that though, like, do you guys have anything from you specifically that like people that you put as role models and maybe like weren't your direct rel- relative or anything like that? Like maybe just not your dad. But like someone who were like, that is the person that I want to be when I'm an adult. Like when you were a kid. Yeah. That's not family members. Yeah. I mean, it could be a family member, just maybe an it's not your dad. Like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I would say like one of my bosses at, you know, most like the, the first fitness job I got into, it was a husband, wife, um, 
own business and you know he was a phenomenal guy worked his ass off you know him and his wife owned the gym had um you know a lot of success and still hustled on the side to do a side job to bring in more money and just become a became a phenomenal leader uh and does you know worldwide like one-on-one coaching now you know has a family of three and you know is a very well respected man and uh loves his family and treats his family very well probably i would say the biggest one that's outside of like family relatives but yeah heck yeah shout out daniel <laughs> um who else nope. Nope. How, how old were you for that from 22 to 26. okay so more recent yeah. okay 22 26 you know one from when you were like younger like way younger uh i'll think about that okay <laughs> santa yeah. claus i got a couple santa claus <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. he uh, brought stuff. for me i got coach t and pastor bruce these are two guys that um just had a lot of influence on me when i was a young lad um and they're kind of in the back of my head like they kind of sit there they're like part of my conscious now coach t he kind of uh he was the linebacker coach for the varsity team. And I just remember coming in as a, as a freshman and he was just the coach that I wanted to impress. He, I did not want to let coach T down and he just held everybody up to this expert. This, he, he wanted the best from you. And that there was nothing less than that. Like he didn't, you, I mean, anytime you did less than that, it's like, all right, you fucked up, like do better. Sorry. I'm banging, banging shit around. Um, you know, keep keep getting better and i don't know so he's i mean that's somebody that sits in the back of my head and then and then pastor bruce is a guy that uh um at one point i i had i was in citizens probation and i got assigned oh. to um him he he volunteered to be like my uh guidance counselor and so i met with him what did you uh do what did you do a lot of dumb shit <laughs> <laughs> that's and for he, a later episode yeah but I mean, he was, he was just, I mean, he was just a strong presence that was not, not like, I mean, not maybe like your typical, like masculine male, but he had this, like, he was just, he would just listen to me and he wasn't judgmental and he could relate. He'd tell me stories. He'd tell me like embarrassing, stupid shit that he did. And it helped me kind of realize that, oh, I can, I can kind of recover from this and you know, straighten out the course. So I, I don't know. I mean, those are two guys that uh, are just always sitting in the back of my head and that, that had a major influence on me that weren't my dad. And yeah, my dad definitely is there too, but yeah. Yeah. Those are my, my two guys. What, what about you? Go. You got anybody? Yeah. I mean, the easy, the easy one for me is my grandfather and I'll touch on him here in a minute, but um, the guy that, that wasn't a part of my family, um, which Kind of like what you were talking about with Pastor Greg. His name's Chris Cairns, um, and he was a pastor as well. He was a young guy. He played college soccer at Sewanee. Um, and he, when we broke off from one of our churches and we kind of started this other church back in Tennessee, he was the young pastor. And you could tell that he was kind of like figuring it out, but he was very passionate, and he was also very real and raw. Um, and, you know, he went to seminary, played soccer, I'm not sure if he was technically in a fraternity or not. I don't know if you really even can at Sewanee, but you wouldn't know if you, if you didn't that uh, 
you know, he was like a guy that liked to drink, liked to party, liked to have fun, liked to be a guy's guy, you know, in the conversation that we're having. Um, but he could also settle down and have a very like theological or spiritual or even, you know, intellectual conversation with you. So we would go and like hang out at a Mexican restaurant and drink a beer together. And this is, you know, obviously when I was in college, you know, I, we went to church when I was a lot younger with him. And then, you know, we kept going and, you know, by the time that I actually got to drink, you know, we would go and have beers together. You weren't drinking beer with your pastor at 15? Probably not 15. Like, I was really hoping that's yeah. where this conversation is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just to take a weird left turn. No, no, I'm not Catholic. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to all the Catholics out there. Hit me up later. Um, no, uh, this is Anglican. So, um, yeah, he, he was a really good example to me of somebody much like my dad, much like some of my, my friends, but he was an older, you know, an older example of somebody that, uh, like to joke around, like to be goofy, like to have a couple drinks, like to cheer on football, like to go out and play soccer, like to kind of like roughhouse it, but also was incredibly in touch with his faith and, uh, like to read a lot. And he had this awesome family. He still does. And, uh, you just don't see that very often. Like going back to the thing that Mike said about, you know, you only hear the bad stories a lot of times because a lot of the people that are doing the good stuff, they don't feel the need to go and share it for like self gratitude or something. Mm. Um, he's, he's a good example. Like, like if more people, I feel so honored when I look back at it because if more people grew up hanging out with him and they saw him and they saw how you can be this and that, I think it would radically change the way a lot of people looked at maybe the church or other things. Uh, cause people think that you're getting rid of a lot of stuff in your life. Um, and he's just a good example of somebody that looks at it as amplifying your life. And then my, my grandfather, my dad, just one of the coolest guys ever. Um, young neurosurgeon, went to Mayo Clinic, played football, Alabama. Cool dude. Came from a tiny little oh, town. Oh, is that where it came from? Yeah, all of us. Road high. He was like, oh. like self-made from Union Springs, Alabama, which is like podunk. Like his family owned a little corner mart. Like first guy I went to college, all this stuff. Amazing story. Um, came from a big family. I mean, it's, you could make a movie about it. So my grandfather was a neurosurgeon, an author, a woodworker, artist, poet, just like the script. phenomenal. Well, he, he wrote a book. And oh, I, no way. I'll probably, yeah, it's amazing. Are it's you going to be the main actor? No, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, it's called East of Eden. It's amazing. I'll, uh, I'll show it to you later. Oh, cool. Yeah. It's essentially like chronicling like his life. It's kind of got like an old, like John Grishamness. Um, I'll tell you about it later, but just a fascinating guy. Spoke a couple languages, liked to sing, wow. woodwork. You know, he packed like three lives into one and built this amazing thing. Sound like the original Ron Swanson, just like yeah, fucking yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, that's what Wood I'm talking about right there. Yeah. That is what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Willie Frank Cope, William Frank Cope, um, Pop is what we called him. So he died a few years ago, um, got hit with pancreatic cancer. Brutal. Mm. Fucking sucks. Um, it, it happened so fast. That's how yeah. Brittany's grandfather died wow. too. That's Damn. like the one that like, it hits you and it just rocks you. Man. Um... And yeah, so his wife still keep, keeps kicking on, but um, <laughs> she's great, Mumsy. Shout out if you're listening. She's kicking on. Um, but yeah, those two guys are, and, and of course, Pop was a big man of faith as well. And both those guys were very proud of their faith, but also, you know, loved the booze, loved sports, loved hanging out. You know, they were good examples of what I would consider men. I feel like I'm sitting with them right now. It's yeah, amazing. right. Like a good faithful hearing. man that loves booze. That's right. <laughs> I need another beer. But yeah. Mike, what you got, man? Yeah, I mean... Very similar to yours where like mine that I think about, it's really hard to go outside of family because like the most influential men in my life were like relatives slash like 
related, not related, close with them, but it's a uh, my grandfather as well. And then his upstairs neighbor, um, they when they moved to Florida, they lived in like a condo. And my grandfather's upstairs neighbor was Mr. Neil. And between the two of them, they were like the antithesis of each other, though, because grandpa, like grandpa, was just like man's man he goes out there working on his diesel truck rebuild the engine just like wearing his brooks brothers and shit because like destroying it getting yelled at by my grandma because she's like i just brought you those goddamn shorts <laughs> just like stuff like that she has got a boston accent i don't know why i did southern but like <laughs> so um she was like saying stuff like that and like that's how he was though he's like he was out wanted to just do that he wanted to fish he wanted to teach me the things he's like if you can't do it yourself what's the fucking point yeah. and you know, sometimes I feel as though I like let him down a little bit because I'm like, I'm not working on my car. Just, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I don't yeah, know enough. So funny. like, I don't yeah. know enough about those things, but like, Shit. it's also because there's so either. much electronics in my car, not a 1991 F250, yeah, like right. where there's not as much electronics. It's just basically the spark plugs. And like, so <laughs> just spark plugs. Yeah. Just like doing that or like going out and shooting shotguns or fishing or learning to drive, doing all those things, driving his golf cart around, like doing that kind of stuff. And yeah. then Mr. Neil was like the opposite. He was like that emotional person that i knew like the emotional man that was like oh yeah if i want to sit down like i have had a week at school or having this happen i'd go up and sit with mr neil and his wife miss delma and like we would play like they're from england so they're from york and they um we'd sit down and we just drink a cup of tea and i still think it tastes ted lasso perfect it's pigeon water <laughs> fucking hate it uh, you know like that's funny <laughs> don't put milk and tea sugar at most but no milk and <laughs> but he like we'd sit down and drink some tea and hang out and and play dominoes and shit and yeah. we would just like mexican train or whatever we were playing like it was it was able to have a conversation with someone who like related and like he could break things down for me and like it worked really well. Like it was one of those like having this like super masculine, just like big human being and then this like really nice and like Mr. Neil would go down and he'd work on his like nice ass Porsche and he just like do that because he had like an old like 80s Porsche. And it was fucking sweet. <laughs> but he would just go down and he'd do the same thing as my grandpa, but just like F two fifty porsche carrera <laughs> like that's funny and it was just like they were polar opposites but they were best friends like we played golf together we hung out like my first beer was with them like and whenever i found out that he passed i was like really sad um i i feel bad because like i was probably more sad that he passed than when my grandfather passed even though that was probably the hardest thing i've ever dealt with and yeah, uh man yeah and i was just like you know they're like the antithesis so they're two different people that have different backgrounds and different everything but they were fucking men. And I was just like, love to hang out. Yeah. Like no. just want to hang out with them. I wish I go back, have five people in history. There are two of those five that I want to have a beer with and play around in golf. Yeah. What are uh, some attributes that you have maybe that you uh, witnessed being around them that you're hoping that you might have, might have, you know, um, providing for sure. Like being like the, that person in the family that I don't want to say is compelled to provide, but like the person who wants to make sure that your significant other has everything that they need, that if you can do everything you can to make sure that their life is good, that's what grandpa did. He worked his ass off and like, luckily my grandma never did have to work a day, but she did all these other things, but he would be like, okay, like, you know, whatever he needed to do, he did to make sure that she could have the best life that she could. And I really appreciated that from him and like that providing that need to provide Definitely, I noticed that in my life where, like, you know, it's not necessarily financially because Hannah's got a great fucking job and an awesome career, but it's more like doing the things on the day to day to make her life a little bit easier. I noticed that I do that a lot just because, like, 
she's got a way more stressful job than I do. And <laughs> so it's a little bit easier for me to be like, Hey, like I can do these things to take this off your plate to make your day better. And it's like, definitely that, like, it's a different way of providing than he did because he was the sole breadwinner, but and like, we also live in a different world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great, and, great yeah. example. And like, that's awesome. Providing in a different way. Yeah. 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 So I feel like I, I hate my answer now that I had to go no. first, but no, I wasn't <laughs> tracking as far back as you guys. Y'all guys did amazing. I mean, there's, uh, was sitting around thinking about this and I'll make it quick. Um, there's two separate group of guys. The first group was we would go camping, uh, a lot for through middle school and high school with my family. Like we have uh, three families, pull long trailers, whatever, you know, massive families. And just like my dad, his, and the two other friends, just, they taught you how to be like guys, guys, right. Just yeah. shoot the shit, have a good time. I didn't drink beer at the time with them because I was too young, but uh, I know. Right. Uh, but they just taught you how to be guys and just be funny as fuck and have a good time. And then, uh, I started working like early middle school at a golf course and there was, uh, a dad that owned the golf course with two sons that still worked for him, Fred, Tripp and Todd. Uh, and Fred and Todd were fucking, they were going to make you work your fucking ass off. You earned every dollar you worked for. And if you didn't do it right, you're going to go out and do it again. And Fred was, you know, at the time, probably like sixties old veteran lost a leg due to, um, cancer. So he's on his golf cart, which could beat me today in golf. That's how good he was at golf <laughs> could beat me today or how bad you are. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> but and then and then you had Trip, and Trip was the the guy's guy. You just you you shoot shit with him. You would, he taught me how to shoot. He had just a fucking amazing gun collection. Those are three like pretty cool, impactful guys that I worked with for about four years of like very early on childhood that taught me how to fucking work hard for everything that I earned. And there's just I've had a good time. I have a good time. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there was a lot of shit talking. Oh God, so much shit talking. I think that's I mean, important. I you have legit, guys like grow up with it. Shit talk, yeah. Like not fought, but I've just wrestled with trip in the like right. the, the clubhouse after work because you know cocky little high school kid, <laughs> middle school kids like I beat your old man's ass, and he's like let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> dad yeah. strength, yeah. man. I've seen that literally in my living room. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go get a beer. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, I don't we'll be right back. Bye. Word. <laughs> All right, guys, we're back. We got uh, brand new beers. Everybody today. Thank you, Nate, for joining. And Nate's actually going to summarize what we just spoke about and lead into our next conversation. Yeah. So uh, we just got done talking about. Oh my gosh, that <laughs> was technical difficulties. I am aroused. <laughs> Mike just licked beer off the soundboard. Heck yeah, Mike. Fuck yeah. All um. Right. Do not waste a, a drop there. Yeah. Not, not, a, not on the words of your podcast. Zamb- yeah, I, don't, I believe they call it a Zamboni. Zamboni. Um, so, yeah, just we, we, we talked about um, men that have had influence on our lives that weren't our dads. Um, and I'm sure we could all talk about um, the influence of dads in our lives. But um, I think it's just important to recognize other men that have influences on uh, you know, us or men in general, because, because of the fact that, uh, there's, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty of situations out there, uh, where, you know, boys are growing up with a shitty example or, Mm. or not an example. Right. Yeah. Um, that's me. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. That was a shout out to the dads, right? Yeah. Well, shout out to them that were there, but like, 
you know, there's so many other people in your life. Right. Men You're not figures. pigeonholed into just having a yeah. good dad to be a male figure. There's right. other people in your life that can also be awesome male figures. And I just think it's so important that us as men and other young men recognize that just because you're not a dad doesn't mean you don't have the opportunity to impact. to have an impact and yeah. an influence on yeah. other young boys, young men, or the culture in general. Um, I think it's it's a whole team effort. We're all in this together. Yeah. So it let's not put village. it all on. You know, I mean, everybody's got their own situation for whatever reason. Dad can't be there, um, or just wasn't ready for it. Other men can step up. You know. And, Absolutely, and I still think you can turn out just fine, given the right circumstances. Yeah, you know, so Great I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. All right. Well, like I always say, um, in my job, or when I'm giving advice to my friends, getting someone to uh, to do something, or or getting yourself to do something, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan did it best with Inception. No idea will ever be good if somebody else tells you to do it, but it, it's only a really good idea that's really going to stick and hold if you've been inspired by someone else right? Like you're the one making the choice. So like what men, whether it's like history or books or people that you've read about or people in movies um, or people that you kind of distantly know, like, are there some guys, you know, from your upbringing that you've been really inspired by for you to maybe take attributes of their life to be a better man? Oh man. Well, uh, you know, I, like I read this like topic, on the notes and you know, I really couldn't think of anyone that was just like, kind of like that just like automatically Jumped popped off up. the page. Uh, John wick would be one of them, but I really didn't <laughs> want to go there on the fiction side, but <laughs> more like I wanted to, to like point out figures that maybe I'm most people know probably one or two of these people. Um, and I'll, I'll go with one to start off, but like, you know, this is just, you know, something that I think everyone can agree with. Martin Luther King jr. <laughs> What? Sorry, Mike's making faces. Um, it's just a very impactful, you know, you know, activist that sure. you know stood up for something that you know shifted the dynamic of the American culture, the world culture almost. And when you know he had so much fighting against him, he stood up and you know preached what he stood for, but he also didn't do it with violence, which is a huge, yeah. I think, uh, accomplishment. Like you know he preached love i think one what was one of his quotes i don't know if it's directly from him but it's darkness cannot drive out darkness only love can um hate cannot drive out or excuse me darkness cannot drive out darkness only light can hate cannot drive out hate only love can do that right um which is a huge quote from um you know him at that time that you know in the 1950s he was fighting segregation racism and uh all that so i don't that, that would be my number one Sweet. Yeah. Super, super strong example yeah. of a man that doesn't necessarily need to. I didn't even have to explain in that. People. I could have just said his name and yeah. Yeah. Going, every one yeah. of us would have immediately been like, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. I just want to give him a little appreciation. I like Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. He's a, just a super cool guy. He's so interesting. Um, I'm sure he's flawed. You know, I, I do know he was kind of a, like he, he, he like loved the idea of going to war. Yeah. Um, but I think he was more about the adventure of it and, and, and the, the like accomplishing things and just, I mean, he just did so much, man. It, I mean, it, the list goes on and on with him. Yeah. Um, but he's just a fun historical figure to me, um, that I think of as a, 
just a man's man right there, you know? <laughs> how, how cool is it to look at people in the past and know like, yeah, everyone's fucking flawed. Right. Like, yeah. E- even yeah, our own parents, even like my grandfather, I'm sure there's things I don't know about him. You know, we, we put people on pedestals and then we also vilify people really quickly um, because they've done certain things wrongly. We're all flawed. It's a complex yeah. world. Yeah. Timelines it's so change. interesting. We've all done some stupid shit that could be very hard judged, yeah. but like for these people that are on a pedestal already have like a lower like bar to like, be judged on like they're they're judged on everything you know it's insane but yeah, anyways i'm not gonna go deep into but that you can take things about teddy and be inspired by and apply it to your own life without taking the things that we vilify certain characters for as well i think i think roosevelt's the man um yeah i mean i'm sure there's plenty to criticize him on sure my, both of my examples i think you know it goes both ways but mike who you got Oh, it was very funny that you said Teddy Roosevelt because I thought you were going in a different direction at first because mine was Winston Churchill. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I wanted to double head. check to be like, they were friends. Like, I remember in my head, like, learning at one point they were friends. They sure. were friends. Really? Yeah. Oh, and, I thought Teddy was uh, way before Churchill. Uh, they overlapped. They overlap. Oh, they did? A good oh, part. Yeah. yeah. A, so young, I had a, a young Churchill. Yeah. Okay. And so I was yeah. very curious about it because I was like, you know, that's a very interesting that's cool. thing because it was like, there are two people that I, I think back and look at them. I'm like, they were the same, but very different. Very. And like, they just were very, I don't know. Churchill for me, I was like, you know what? That guy decided he wanted something and then did that. And I really liked it. Mm, He did a lot of stupid shit. Don't get me wrong, but did a lot of good stuff too. And like, it was just one of those, like I look back and I was like, you know, sitting there smoking a cigar, even when he's dying, you know? Yeah, Yeah, man. They are, I guess they are kind of similar, aren't they? I don't know as much about Churchill actually. Yeah, but it was just one of those, like, for me, like, I was just like, you know what? He's like, the man's just ripping cigars nonstop. (laughs) Just, like, doesn't give a fuck about all these things. And he's just like, all this exterior pressure and those things. He still was like, I'm going to do the way that I want it to be done because that's how he was. And he had this all ton, I mean, during his life, tons of external pressure, right? Like, nonstop. I mean, world wars and all this shit going on. Um, But you guys all mentioned three guys that are, you know, full to the brim with conviction in probably like radical waters tons of like you said external pressure all of them dealing with some crazy stuff and yet we look back at them and think okay well maybe they did some things maybe not you know by today's standards great but they like made their way through those waters really well yeah if you that we're still talking about them yeah they, they've, they've done great yeah. things well they yeah they influenced so many men i'm sure yeah I think um, <clears throat> I've got I've got two kind of two point five, if you will. Um, the first, we, we got a whole another lap. You can go around. Yeah. yeah, I think we all have a second. Are we going person. again? Yeah, let's go again. All right. Well, on the yeah, first, yeah. on the first, talking about flawed men, um, and it's you know flawed. Mm. Yeah, um, somebody that I'm I'm incredibly inspired by. Who uh, more so in my recent time um, through some family stuff, but it's got to be Ernest Hemingway. I fucking knew it. You yeah. fucking look I like knew him, it. buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like wildly flawed. I would put him 51 to 49% in the, the good category to the bad category. Um, I mean, a horrible husband, arguably slightly less bad of a dad, uh, unfaithful, womanizer, whoremongering, selfish prick. Sounds like a great guy. However... <laughs> And I wouldn't call him my definition of a man in, in what I want to be. Yeah. Um, but holy crap, that dude is inspiring to me in what he did do right, which is uh, blaze his own trail, 
put himself in the line of fire to get the truth and the story in the Spanish Civil War, wrote a bunch of books about life to inspire other people to find the beauty in life, uh, was unabashedly himself when it came to alcohol and fighting and just physical prowess. He was just kind of like that guy. Like, he, Have you all heard the story of him like boxing? No. So he loved boxing and he loved big game hunting and big game fishing. But what he used to do, which is wild, uh, when he got kind of like a little bit more famous, he would go from dock to dock and specifically this one time at Bimini. And he was like, if anyone here on this island or anyone you know can knock me out or fuck it, knock me down boxing, I'll pay you $200. Now that was back in the 40s. Yeah. Which a is a lot of fucking money. A lot of money. He was that confident. That's he amazing. wasn't a professional boxer. He was like, anybody on this island, anybody so, you know. Did we get in the conversation of confidence and cockiness? Yeah. yeah so that's wow. kind of, you one know, second. <laughs> I just said Neapolitan instead of Napoleon. <laughs> <laughs> Neapolitan. Like Hang out with Jackson Neapolitan too Bonaparte. Um, Mike, at some point, you can't blame me for every mistake you make. You're a fucking human. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm but gonna stab you with this fucking knife. <laughs> Hemingway was a guy that I would actually argue is far more interesting if you read about him from the books that he like. I I could I mean obviously he's a cool writer, but I'm actually phenomenally more interested in his like home life, which is never really at home. Um, huh. he, Your Hemingway's my Poe. We're like yeah, Ooh, I'm Poe. obsessed. Yeah, rightfully so. Fascinating. Yeah, not a um, good not to me not a good person in yeah, any way, yeah. shape, or form, and not the man that I want to be, but a fascinating human being. Well, that's the beauty of inspiration. And I, you find in art and music and all sorts of things like Michael Jackson did some fucking great music. Oh yeah. And yeah. I don't want to be like Michael Jackson. <laughs> He's been very inspiring. Yeah. You know? Fair um, I think, I think what another thing maybe to be a good man means you get to pick and choose from the world yeah. and all the people before you, and then use that to kind of craft your own-ness. I'd imagine that, having that type of status though, and having to hold your integrity. Like that's, Something we might not ever realize, you know, I don't know if we'll be famous at some point, hopefully, but like the amount of like pressure that comes with like that outside source of people like relying on you to be some type of figure you might not be because they have this imagination of you, you being someone that you're not a lot of pressure. That's interesting. Very few men in history got to be men of history by walking a straight line. Yeah, true. Most of the, most of the men that are very, very powerful and did what we would consider great things are pretty polarizing because they were different than the average guy. Yeah. The average guy, you could argue, is probably pretty good. Um, but I'd like to think to so. To be better than good, you need to be inspired by some of the men of history that have done some great shit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's so important to be able to, to look at those positive uh, aspects of, of people throughout history and even, I mean, yeah, people around you in general. Try, I mean, everybody's got their negative shit, but you can always find something positive in somebody. I believe that. Something to be learned from anybody. Yeah, you don't want to be alone in life. You want to be like near people that are doing things well, inspiring you. Right. Yeah. So not even just in history, but like in your circle almost. Or in, mm-hmm. or in fiction like that, like where it doesn't have to be a good person in history that's like, you're not, don't have to always be inspired by someone that was real. Right. Yeah. Even like, which, which Nate and I were talking about, like our other person was like, I mean, talk about like comic books. I can. So many people are inspired by Superman and Batman. <laughs> yeah. Colin wears a Batman shirt every oh, year. Batman. Run, run the bridge. Batman and Superman. Batman. It's Batman V Superman. It's not Superman first. Oh, sorry, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, Batman won. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Did you watch Pill Blue Eye? Uh, the, the movie? The uh, Netflix? Netflix, Netflix show, show with uh, yeah. Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. yeah. It had the yeah. one guy who 
Nailed it. Paul's over here. What are you watching, <laughs> man? Is that Miley Cyrus? <laughs> Damn it, just, I just remember watching it. It was fascinating. I really it was, enjoyed it. Was it was a really good, yeah. that's a good movie. Thing. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Christian yeah. Bale. I love Christian Bale. Christian Bale. Yeah. Good. It was that was good. Um, what about it? Oh, he, was, just, he talked about Poe oh, earlier, yeah, yeah. so I just yeah. I forgot that was like, yeah. looping back to that question. What while during our quick intermission of getting a beer, Nate and I were talking about this like fictional character who like we've talked probably talked about this fifty times now. Like this dude's God, a this fucking about a man. video game. I'm gonna fucking scream. <laughs> Actually, I mean we could go on another tangent, but they should um, make a game. They should make a Diablo. Team. I'm just kidding. I mean that is a game. Yeah, Mommy Lilith. Um, <laughs> Wait, who's yeah. the person? <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, who knows? That's, that's who my babe right there. Um, yeah, uh, man, I don't want to say it. You say it. Atreides? I'm say it wrong. Duke Atreides. Duke Atreides. Atreides. Duke Atreides. Played by Oscar Isaac. I get that. I think one that was one of the best castings yeah. for a movie possible. Can but we bring it back? What the fuck are we talking about? So being <laughs> that fictional like man, but or like that what's person the fictional story? Like I don't, I don't know. What I like about you watch the movie Dune. Oh yeah, Duke Atreides is the father to. The kid, Paul. Yeah. Oh, okay. to Paul. Gotcha. Yeah. I did. I. I. Yeah. I have watched. Which is what but we were about to get. At. There's so many it. Uh, little moments. I mean, in that movie, and even reading the book, that just like give me chills. Like I'm like, oh my god, I gotta read the book. It's yeah. like, goddamn. There's, 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 there's so many quotable lines. Um, but really, ultimately, what I what I love about him, and I was gonna actually double dip him and Ned Stark together. <laughs> sure. <Yeah>. Sure. <laughs> Honorable. That's what they are. They're honorable men, and they do the right thing, even if it kills them. When they know it's gonna, it it could potentially kill them and and destroy their 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 house, their family. Um, Wait, who, but they, I, but they don't they don't. It's like they don't do that thinking that's what's gonna happen. They still just they're like, this is the right thing to do, and I'm gonna do it. There's no, it's like yeah. that's regardless that's just, of the outcome. Yeah. yeah, but you. I said something about being like Ned, and you were like, "Yeah, you're dumb because you got killed." I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it can be argued that they are making dumb decisions, doing what they did. But like, do you go with honor? Or do you go with yeah. looking like an idiot? I don't well, know. yeah, that's where practicality comes oh, yeah. in. That's the great question we talk about all the time with yeah. faith. That's a good you know? conversation. Yeah. Well, I think I mean, you know, th- those are very extreme situations that they're in but i definitely think in everyday life there's moments where it's like you you're presented with options and you can either do what is convenient and maybe uh short term uh more beneficial for you or you can do what you deep down know is the right thing to do and sometimes that's a lot of times that's the harder thing to do yeah what is easy versus what is good yeah 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 and i think that that's where like Oscar Isaac did portray that really well with Atreides is that like he was that person who was just like, not only was he trying to instill the right thing with his son, he was like trying to make sure that he understood the right way to even think about a problem. He had to figure out like, what was the issue? What is this? What is this? How do you approach a a problematic situation and how do you get the best outcome for the most people? And he like created a better way of thinking. And like, that was just one of those, like for me, I was like, you know, he didn't just, come in and be like, I'm going to be the strongest fighter. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. I'm going to be a great leader. I'm going to have these values that I'm going to instill in the next generation to make sure that he can be a good leader and be a better version of me. Yeah. And I fucking love that. But what about like, uh, I was very similar, but like on the opposite, the, the better fighter, Duncan, uh, 
Jason Momoa. Maybe but, not a good man, though. I mean, he was a, he was a good influence to the child. Maybe I, like from the book, I don't know because I haven't read the book, but from the the movie, it's just like he was always like who that kid looked up to because he was just like he was that guy that was just around and like he did risk his life to save yeah, him at the, the right end, thing, right? Yeah. So like yeah. he, at the end of the day, he might be a a good man, but, but maybe but not. in a different way. In a different way, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't you know. You can't put everyone in a box. You can check them off though. Yeah, you can fucking definitely check them off. Mm. Well, what I love about um, both of those examples, Ned Stark and uh, Atreides, is that they did the honorable thing, and it ultimately got a lot of people killed, a lot of good people killed. But in the very, very end, I think their influence, their example, eventually made a difference in those stories. Yeah, I mean, the Stark family ran till the end. Right, they yeah. were the end. Yeah, I can't talk about Dune because I don't know the end, and I appreciate if you don't ruin it for me. But <laughs> yeah, yes, without their their strong. Did you influence, watch Game of Thrones, bro? You're you're talking to people who read the books. Okay. <laughs> we read the books yeah. before. Okay. I, just, I just didn't hear <laughs> oh, much from you, yeah. so I didn't know. I don't know. I was I'm gonna drop it on tomorrow. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um, Colin, do you have anyone from like fiction uh, that you were like fiction. other than Indiana Jones? Yeah, yeah, and Han Solo. Dude, mine was Obi Obi Wan Kenobi. That's a good mine one. Was Jar Jar Binks. One, yeah, I like yeah. Obi Wan a lot. Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Binks. Um, R two D two. Probably <laughs> um, to keep it on that fantasy realm. Um, big fan of Aragorn. Yeah, Lord of the Rings yep. for sure. Though he did run from his problems for like hundreds of years. <clears throat> a long time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I I love a redemption arc. I love an outlaw that that is being shown grace and being shown opportunity. And then he decides again, maybe this time I will walk that. Uh, the willingness to change the willingness mm. to change. Baby. But he had so much like positivity around him. Like he had yeah. fucking like so much influence. I feel like he felt obligated. Aragorn. Yeah. 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 I mean, he was given a moment to pay attention. Sure. And that's, you know, when he runs into the, it's when they the change his name yeah. from Strider to Aragorn. That's mm. right. When he got to the, the elves. This and, is something I did not know. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think we're faced with, with opportunities all the time to kind of like change. And, um, yeah, I'm always inspired by the guys that have decided to, to do the right thing, even when maybe they haven't been. Um, yeah, I think that's why I like the Indiana Jones, the Han Solos, the, you know, the Aaron flawed Mortal main world. character. Yeah. But, the great character that who's definitely, you know, got it, but you know, life's complex. What about Joe dirt? Always <laughs> Joe, <laughs> Joe dirt. <laughs> I, I already got my brandy though. We get yeah. it. I got a brandy, mm-hmm. and I'm on a talk show. Dude, that right. is such a I'm good on, movie. I'm on a talk show right now talking about my sweet love for brandy. I went to <laughs> brandy, if you're out there, I love you, baby. I was at a job site earlier today, meeting with some clients and the builder who's developing the whole area. His kids showed up, and he's got this like little six-year-old kid, and he showed up with a legit blonde mullet. Like, sick. Like, rolling down like, his back. The mullet. length of my beard on the sides, and <laughs> Jesus. like the length of Nate's hair in the back. What? legit mullet. It what was would awesome. it take for you to grow a mullet to like cut your hair into a mullet right now, Nate? Um, I got a girl can do it. We got Shout out Skyler. Yeah. Uh, I mean, maybe I wouldn't want to, I would not want to cut my hair to shape it like that. I might let it happen for a little bit if I can easily get out of it. <laughs> so I don't like, want to go right, all in. <laughs> so like before you cut your hair, like you decide long hair is not you. Can we mull it? Like put like it into a, a mullet, week. like oh, a yeah, week, okay. and then Deal. shave it. Yeah, that'd be okay. fun. Shake on it. Yeah, yeah, oh. nice. Oh, Fuck yeah. Maybe we do that. Maybe we go out and we tell people that he's a mm-hmm. famous NASCAR driver, dude. Oh, 
guys, this is Bubba oh, Wallace. No, definitely dirt bike. Definitely dirt bike. Dirt bike. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be because he's thing. like he just kind of muscular. <laughs> like you know, he has some type of athletic skills. <laughs> kind of not throwing football. <laughs> Dude, that was wet. Shots <laughs> that was wet. It was a wet all right, football. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. Let's, let's come back. Let's come back. Let's go. Hold back. on. Why has Joe David Spade <laughs> not not dressed up as Joe Dirt and gone into character and got on Theo Vaughn? Oh yeah, they would go How on funny so would that well. Be? I think you need to message him right now and just like, "This is a good idea. Do this it. Is, this should be a Netflix special." <laughs> it sounds good. What's like between two ferns, but with just God, Theo Vaughn interviewing yes. Joe Dirt? Yeah, I could watch that all day. You guys are ridiculous. Okay, okay, but Let's, you guys are also very back to the fictional characters of men. You Aragon, yeah. Aragorn, Aragorn. Yeah, Aragorn was a is a book. And a really, really, really bad movie. Terrible yeah. movie. Great book series. Yeah. I think we already mentioned that though. One yeah, we did. What's yeah. The, the dragon's name? Sephira. Yeah. No, like Game of Thrones. It's very similar. We got a bunch of them. Aegon. Aegon? A- Aegon? Is yeah, it Aegon? Right. Drogon? You're right. Drogon? Is it Drogon? Aegon was a conqueror. Uh, who is the biggest dragon ever? Um, in uh, House of Dragons. Well, oh, ever man, you're was, jumping around now. Yeah, because the biggest one ever was like. I'm pretty sure that was the biggest one ever. No. Aegon was the yeah. guy who wrote. No, not Aegon, Aegon. The the dragon that Jackson is talking about. Yeah, no, that's what I, no. I'm trying to figure yeah, out. The dragons, no, the green weird. dragon. No, that the girl. There rides. was a bigger one that that Aegon also had. Balerion the Dread is who it is. The Dread, yeah. Vagar. Vagar. Vagar is not the biggest ever though. Really? Balerion's got to be bigger than Vagar. Wow, you're so I, bad I at love, being. I Jamie. love how serious we are about these fictional dragons. Well, we can't confirm their fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Valerion. Yeah. The Black Dread. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, that was Suck the biggest it, one. Nerds. All right. Let's take a Dang. let's take a beer break. Yeah. Um, beer and break. then uh, we'll be back to discuss more shit. We are back. <laughs> we're gonna talk about some good stuff here, but we're um, wrapping up the episode. Hopefully, you guys have enjoyed it here so far. Um, Mike, can you just give me a quick breakdown for everybody to understand what what's the next couple minutes going to consist of? We're going to talk a little bit about the rites of passage, like for us mm. or how we can define like what it is to become a man going from a boy to a man. Like we talked about a little mm. bit earlier with like, you know, there's a, a vast difference between being a boy and being a man and maybe like our personal experience or like what we think you need to do to become a man. I think this is a good conversation. I think there's there's a lot of things popping up in my head right now uh, that I would like to talk about, and we'll yeah. we'll share the table here. Um, I just want to start like for me, like something that like really stood out, and you know, it could be a deeper conversation later on. But like the first time I knew in myself where I was in a relationship where like I, I guess wholeheartedly like, and we talked about this being a man. Like, what does it mean to be a man is to provide, to protect, to have integrity, to show compassion. Like when I first was in a relationship that like I was able to experience all of those in one, like that was a huge thing for me. Like, not like, not your like typical, like younger boy to man, but like to understand my mindset, my relationship, like mindset was, was a big accomplishment where I was like, okay, this should maybe a purpose. Yeah, like a purpose of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's where I was like, all right, I'm more a role that you felt in my relationship life. I'm becoming a man. 
Yeah. Because there's certain uh, topics in like my personal life, like where I would, you know, do a couple of things. Like I felt like a man, but like in a relationship, I never felt like I was the man that girl deserved. I mean, I felt like I never was a man in uh, uh, providing for that individual. So, yeah, that was like a, a passage that I felt. I think relationships are a big uh, part of your rights of passage. Yeah, most definitely. I so would, I'm I would, still working on being a man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I'm not. I definitely don't feel like I'm there yet. I'm getting close though. I feel like it's gonna happen between now and forty. I'm gonna be like, okay. I'm <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Well, hold on, hold on, though, because. <laughs> Wait, which one? Becoming a man or a relationship? <laughs> oh, probably both. They're gonna happen at the same time for sure. I can make a good argument that to be like a really good man is you. You maybe never feel like you are one. Yeah, you know, Definitely. I think I think maybe one of the signs of somebody who maybe is kind of a douchebag is like, no, I'm a fucking man, right? <laughs> oh, fuck you, I'm a man, right? Like, well, yeah. buddy, you're catering on maybe being kind of a jerk. Yeah, know? like I, I've made it. I'm here. Yeah, because I think humility, I don't have anything else to work on now. Humility, being humble, <laughs> chasing you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> humility, being humble, chasing after like you know constant improvement and and not taking yourself. You know, too well. Maybe taking yourself seriously, but not not thinking that you've made it is probably like a good sign of of maturity. Mm, mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that would don't make be sense. too hard on yourself. It's yeah. really hard to be a man without being mature. Yeah. Oh God, that's true. Actually, yeah, yeah, we haven't even talked about that. But like, what is maturity? And maybe that's a different conversation. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so write a passage. What else? Um, well, I was just gonna say. I mean, talk. I mean, Jackson brought up relationships. I know for me. Um, I mean, I, I think I've, I've spoken about this once before, but yeah, I went through, <laughs> I got, a, I got, I like a, you're a coach stance you Yeah, you're just like, I got my coach stance going on. For those listening, Nate has never been wider. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, maybe it's because I'm feeling like the need to like, you're, you're overcompensate because you're of this story of when I, uh, got dumped by this girl and she broke my heart. It's and okay, buddy. It definitely was. Emotions. Of, uh, and then you uh, went to Florida. A growing experience. Yes, that is part of the story. Okay. I went to Florida and realized that was a terrible decision. And uh, <laughs> and then we became roommates. And then we became roommates. <laughs> and then I'm in Charleston, and here I am. And I've grown so much between uh, now and then. So, so, are you seeing the heartbreak? That was, was part. Your, of, that was a rite of passage of, for me. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I definitely oh, yeah. believe that now. I've been there before, dude. Same. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's. Yeah, I've never thought one of pain them. as being like a rite of passage, but I guess it is. Understanding. I, I don't know about that. Maybe not specifically, yeah. but just yeah. I mean, realizing like I think it's more the healing. Yeah. Maybe not the pain. It's the healing and developing from that experience. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah, overcoming healing and what would you say, Mike? Understanding it. Yeah, understanding like understanding why it happened. Yeah. Like, and being a, able to like be like, oh yeah, like maybe I fucked up. I, yeah, I, yeah, I like, see why she her is she maybe. Yeah, broke up yeah. with me. <laughs> yeah, like recognizing, yeah. dude, yeah. that was a, a huge turning point in my life. Like figuring out like what was wrong with me versus them. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Yeah, yeah, that's hard. I to wasn't do, always man. perfect like this, guys. I hate to break it. <laughs> this is the I really hate to break this. It's been a whole twenty eight years. It's taken. Um, yeah. Well, besides that, do you guys have any other moments that um, really stick out to you that that uh, you felt like, wow, like I grew a lot after going through that or doing that? Yeah, that I mean, there's the little ones, like and and big ones in that regard. But the one, and when I say little, I guess the ones that we would all agree in, like you know, the first time you had a beard, the first time you you know going off to college, first time you made the starting lineup in your sport, you know, things like that. Yeah, of course. I first didn't time know you I was going to cry when I left for college. 
I bet you did. I yeah. did. No, I did. Yeah. I feel like you right actually. now. No, you're just I like, did. oh my God, I have to I go to this like, little school. I didn't mean to cut you off, but no, uh, no, my parents left and I was so stoic. I showed no emotions and I sat down on my bed for the first time and just wow. fucking cried for like, I'm tearing up right now. It's so That's easy to wild, tear up. Man. Yeah. I cried for like 10 minutes. I was like, all right, we're, we're good. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Well, it's a wild thing. I mean, that's a big, that's a big rite of passage. Um, Definitely. I mean, if you're into like outdoorsmanship, I mean, I think the first time you catch a fish or you first time, mm-hmm. you, you know, you kill something on a hunt, just the reverence of all that, yeah. you know, to understand like what that means. Those are like big, those are big moments for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, one, one for me. the circle of life in those moments. You know, like I, the rite of passage into, I guess if we're going like from being like a boy into a man, um, one thing that always sticks out to me big time because it changed me a lot. And I don't know if it's a rite of passage into a boy or man, but it definitely opened my eyes to the realities of the world and how like ridiculously brutal it can be was getting mugged in Europe. And, Mm. you know, going into that trip, my mom talks about this all the time. Um, She's like, you went into that trip one way and you came back from that trip another way. And this is part of it. And obviously there's a whole, you know, giant conversation of lessons in there. But um, yeah, getting mugged, getting a knife pulled on me, having to like fight for my life and then coming back and then deciding, um, you know, that's not going to happen again. That was like a big thing to me to, to um, reconcile with kind of like the nature of the world a little bit and go, okay, well I need to, I need to be more conscious. Um, So that, that's probably like the one moment to me where I, I can genuinely look back and say, well, something changed there. Aside from like losing your virginity or having alcohol or, you know, doing fun stuff, that was like a mm-hmm. legit serious thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Man, y'all just took both of mine. So, mine was pretty like, intense. Dude. Yeah. Um, you told me that story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, that was intense. I think story. besides the breakup, the most impactful moment um, in my life that I can think of, uh, I actually was the president of a, of a club. At the school I went to, I became the president of our of the Student Exercise Science Association. Fuck yeah! I was gonna say the Basket yeah. Weavers Association. I never, so that's like, never I'm really proud of you. <laughs> it's never something that I I never really thought of myself as like, um, I don't know, like the main like leader of anything. Really, I've always felt like I'm kind of like the like the right hand man in a way, like somebody you can count on. The leader can count on. That's I don't know. That's always felt like kind of my role. But for some reason, the <laughs> I mean, things just worked out in a way that that opportunity presented itself and I, and I jumped on it. And if if the, the, the Nate before that happened, if he knew what he was getting into would not have done that, (laughs) but I'm so, so glad that that happened, that I did do that. And I went through that and it was like a major, like, holy shit. I got to like, like I have responsibilities. Yeah. I'm responsible now. I'm not just going to college and just like scraping by. I'm like. Yeah, I'm responsible Other for this whole on you. freaking club and organizing, you know, events and sending out emails every day. And um, it became a big deal. And I probably I mean, I wasn't the best at it. I definitely was not. Color me surprised. <laughs> like, but <laughs> it was more you such a around the more you find out chart right now. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting because you're talking about responsibility a little bit. Yeah, yeah. it was a major moment Absolutely. of like, I mean, that was such a just a wake up call to me. And I I mean. There's so many things that happen after that that it's like, I just would not be who I am now. I wouldn't have gone. There's so many things I learned through that process. Um, it's, it, I mean, that was huge for me. That was a huge moment. That was awesome. Taking on that responsibility. And Trials I'm, and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it was, man. And the, I mean, there was a professor that um, 
that was kind of overseeing it at the time, and he was a hard ass, and he didn't really like me, um, but I loved him and I respected <laughs> him. <laughs> um, and he was another he was another guy, another man that just I was like, man, I really gotta I gotta like make sure that I'm not disappointing. You know, Adam, he was the, you know, uh, exercise head of head of the exercise science department at the time. Um, yeah. So that was that was probably my biggest rite of passage, I feel like for mm. me, man. What yeah. about you, Michael? Michael? Yeah. What about I you? I say like you guys already destroyed both the ones that like, I like envisioned. We still want your personal. Oh, I know. Story. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, trust me. You don't have to ask me to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but so we, we kind of touched on that, like the taking of a life thing. And um. So yeah, in the state of Florida, it's legal at certain times of the year to kill boars. And mm-hmm. so, but you, to kill a boar, like to shoot it with a gun or shoot it with a bow and arrow is one thing. There's another thing, jumping off of a fucking moving airboat and then slitting its throat with a knife. And that was the moment in which <laughs> I was like, yeah, holy shit. Yeah. Like I'm what, probably 12, 13. You're like, feeling like Rambo right now. Oh yeah. But I had like a little, like maybe four inch knife and I jumped off and I just, it was one of those moments where I like got up and That's I was intense. like covered in pig blood. And oh, I'm just like, whoa. Fuck wow, yeah, dude. baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. But I also shit myself. So, you know, at the same time. Yeah. I jumped off the boat and before I landed on the, on the, Covered in shit and blood. Yeah, it was bad. It was, it was not one of <laughs> that my, is primal. Yeah, that is primal, dude. It was not one of my finest moments, but also like you know, um, that is a one of those moments. Passage. I also got back on the airboat and I had to like drag this three hundred and fifty pound fucking hog yeah. like onto a boat and I weighed maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet and but I was fat so like it was like a weird combination like I was short and fat and like I was trying to drag this thing up here and had to do it and like. Everyone's like, you got to do it on your own, man. You did the work. And I was like, yeah. fuck all of you. And I was so <laughs> mad. But at, looking back on it, I'm really proud that I was able to do it. And then the other one was eating a goldfish. Eating so, a what? Eating a goldfish. Yeah. I was, at, I was in like fifth grade a or sixth goldfish? grade. It was in summer camp. <laughs> yeah. So I was at the Boy Scouts camp. Yeah. So I was at a Boy Scout camp and there was a thing like called the fear factor challenge. And like you had to like reach your hand in and touch this thing yeah. and while you're looking above your nose at something. So I was looking at a whole tank of goldfish and everyone else was looking at like ants and their hand was in something or this, and their hand was in something. It was like a whole fear factor thing. And everyone else in my troop just bitched out and kind of looked over. My grandpa was looking at me. He was just kind of gave me that look of like, don't be a coward. And so I kind of was like, all right, look at these goldfish. I stick my hand in and I felt it. And I was like, that feels a little weird. And then I realized after about three seconds, it was a mandarin orange. And I was like, <laughs> fuck yeah. So I ate the mandarin orange and they're like, oh, okay, why'd you eat it so fast? And I was like, oh yeah, I just didn't know. It was, I knew it wasn't a goldfish. And they're like, oh, so you don't get the points because you admitted that it wasn't a goldfish. And I was like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and so I was like, hey, give me full points for my entire team, which is actually like our winning thing at this thing, at this event called the Brokeback Dog Challenge. And I'd eat a live goldfish in exchange for my entire troop winning their events. Oh, hell yeah. And I immediately was just like, throw it back. Hero. The rest of the weekend, though, everyone was like, just be careful, man. You don't want it to come out backwards. It's going to hurt. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the whole time I was like, fuck. And so, like, I, just, I didn't shit for like five days. And like, I just didn't take a shit. I didn't do that because I was afraid. Oh my gosh. How old were yeah. you? You should have went hog hunting. Well, fifth graders. <laughs> <laughs> or, oh, wow. Younger. Mike pulled a Jonah Hill in Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. You bring a goddamn goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> 
So yeah, oh that was God. that was the two moments. So the first Dude. one was like, I can fucking do this, and then the second one, like the the uh, pig was later on, and I was just like, you know, wow. Uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, one, I have the ability to like tell myself I can do something, even though I really don't want to. I didn't want to eat the goldfish. The second one was like, I shouldn't do this, but fuck it. And I was like, you know what? Those are my two. That becoming is, a man. That is a classic summer camp story right there. That could be a movie. Like, what's the... The, yeah, the rest of the week, I struggled to make a fire. That so. baseball <laughs> movie with the kids. Sand, Sandlot. Sandlot. The Sandlot. <laughs> with yeah. all those kids. I don't kids know why, but playing, that just reminds me baseball. of that for some reason. But dude, summer camp. I mean, that's like... And did you guys do summer later, camp? I yeah. became a man. Jackson, did you do no, summer camp? We didn't do summer camp. That makes sense. I'm better than you at everything. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> no, uh, but summer camp was, dude, that was definitely, there was a lot of rite of passage type moments through that. Um, Cole, th- did you have something to say on that? Yeah. I mean, I think um, just with all of it, I mean, I, I'd love to get everybody's thoughts in the comments and, and down below. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see what people <laughs> like other rites of passage people have. Cause I'm sure this kind of conversation could go on for an hour. Us just sharing oh, stories. Yeah, about yeah for sure. Yeah. Wild stuff we did that kind of, you know, in context, uh, you know, made sense. But when you look back at it, you go like, I, I wonder, was fucking dumb. Well, well that, but even like, I wonder if I knew at the time how inspirational that was going to be to me or how uh, impactful that would be to me now. Um, or things that, that maybe at the time felt like were really worthy or manly. You look back and you go, maybe, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And then you learn from something like that later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it's it's fun to talk about these things. I hope, you know, for everybody listening, like if you, again, as always, like if you don't have a good male friend group, if you don't have guys in your life that you look up to, if you're not surrounded by people that are inspiring you to be better, then maybe rethink some things and do it with beer. Do it with alcohol. <laughs> Get on We do not sponsor underage drinking. Fuck you. Yes, we do. Not no, we don't. In the state of South Carolina, no, you, can, you can drink if you're with your family, air quotes. No, you can't. No, you can No, you can Jackson's decided we'll leave it up right to the lawyers. Not okay. yeah, we'll no. leave it up to the lawyers. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. For the I'll buy you a beer. For the lawsuit we're <laughs> oh about to God, take. Like, I'll buy you a beer. <laughs> yeah. Meet me at crust. <laughs> you you are significantly older than me, so it makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well thanks. You just call me your dad. Guys. What's up, Poppy? Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Tune in next time and listen to these beautiful words from yours truly, Jackson Harris. As always, thank you guys for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go follow us on our Instagram at Where's My Beer Podcast. We release our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts as well. And underneath each episode, we have a little bar where you could drop any question that you would like. We're going to plan in the future to have some uh, listener episodes and we answer all the questions that you guys leave. So I would love for you guys to fill it up. So go ahead, go do that now right after you listen to this. Thanks.